guys for this sermon series, Facts. How many of you guys love this series? Facts. Thank you so much. You're the best. Make some noise for Irene one time. She's the bomb. Uh, I know you guys notice every week there's different people waving at you outside. There's different people passing the buckets. There's different people worshiping. There's different people bringing this podium. Uh, every leader you see in here is saying, hey, Tuesday nights are awesome, but God's better when he's doing something through me than to me. So when you see the leaders in this room, you know, you wave at them. When they wave you down, they've been here setting up cones. They've been here preparing spots for you. You're getting served. So you better, you, boy. Play no games with my leaders, man. I defend my leaders. Because, you know, they make, they're giving you a good environment. They're saying, hey, I'd rather sacrifice of myself to show someone what the real church is supposed to be like, a loving church. We have so many testimonies of people who don't even come to the altar and they've already received the love of God. They're in the hugs, in the handshakes, in the friendships. You're part of a blessed church because we have blessed leaders in this house. And that's why we do leaders' conferences, right? To create more leaders. You guys know that you are all leaders in this room. You are all leaders in this room. And it's only a matter of time till you're up and serving people. You know what I'm saying? It's worth it. It's worth it. Being a youth pastor, it, that's not a real title. The real title of youth pastor is youth servant. I'm a servant. I've been serving for three years of my life. I've seen outstanding move of God in my life financially, uh, relationally, uh, just in my family. I've seen God move. It hasn't been the best years of my life because I haven't gone through issues. I've been through some stuff. Y'all here tonight? I ain't even preaching yet. But I've been through some stuff, but it's so much worth it when I see the reward that God's bring through people, through relationships. Just because what God's doing here on Tuesday nights, you guys got to know this, last, last week, uh, someone called me months ago and said, hey, I see what God's doing in your ministry. I see what God's doing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I need that in my church. They flew me out to Aruba, y'all. I got to let y'all know, y'all let me go out there. You know what I'm saying? Y'all let me go for a week. I went out to Aruba. I preached in, in a big church, all these different youth. I had a translator. It was awesome. Um, and I'm not going to cry. And um, it was like sessions and breakouts, and I'm talking about what God is doing here at New Birth. So I got to let you know, because your generosity, because your faithfulness, because your service, because your obedience to God, we're really making a move around the world, y'all. So there's one thing to hear about. There's one thing to fly me out. I'm like, y'all crazy. And I would have done it for free. You know what I'm saying? But... God is good. We got 15 guests in the house tonight. That's insane. That is insane. I got to let you know, there's three cultures we like to cultivate in this place. A giving culture, a bringing culture, and just like a people culture, right? It's, the third one escaped me, but we're here. Hello. It's like, John, why are you doing stuff that's not on your nose? I, I know. But... That's the type of culture we like to cultivate, a bringing culture, that we're bringing friends, that we're inviting. For, I, I, love, I love hearing that guests are coming because I know that God is doing something in your life. That the gospel that God, that God has given you, it doesn't just stay with you. It kind of goes to other people, affects your job, affects your coworkers, affects the people around you. Fifteen guests in the room tonight. What we want to do is we want to let you know we are a church for first-time guests. And our ultimate goal is that you come back next week. We want you to get saved. We want you to get delivered. We want you to speak in tongues. All that stuff's cool, but our ultimate goal is that you come next week so that that stuff can actually actually happen and actually be lived out. So come next week. We love you. 15 of you. I want to say hi. We all want to say hi. If you've been here longer than two minutes, you already know what we do to, to VIPs, right? So if it's your first time, 15 of you. We counted you. Raise your hand to count of three. First time guests. Ready? One, two, three. Where you at? 15. Oh, my God. 
Can you get up and give somebody a hug? Give him dap? Give him a high five up here in the front row? Over there in the back? Oh my gosh, so many guests in the house tonight. Show some love, meet some homies, meet some girlies. Hello, hello, how you doing? What's up? This is our moment to love on you. This is our moment to say welcome home. This is our moment to say we don't know you, but we love you anyways. Welcome to the family. We love you. Hey, Chris, I need you back up here at 939, because if you don't, I'm going Pentecostal in this place. 935, 35. It's going to be praying in modesty blankets up here. Y'all better get ready for it. God is good. Hey, someone asked me, how do you grow the church? Someone asked me, how do, how do I grow the church? To let you know our story in three seconds, God took us in one short year from 30, 30 students to, to, to 300 students. How did that happen? And people ask us, how, how did that growth happen? And here's the thing. We believe in our product, our services, right? Because here's the thing. Like someone asked me today. You're, you're inviting your friends to the best movie, right? You ever go to your friends to watch movies? Yo, this movie's crazy. You got to come watch this movie. It's crazy. It changed my life. And your friends are like, all right, bro, you're weird. Let's go. Let's go watch Us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're not going to talk. Not the sermon. Not the sermon. Not the sermon. It's like, hey, you're bringing your friends to your favorite coffee shops. The coffee here is bust down. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, don't stop. Wrong message, wrong message, wrong message. Basics 2020, you hear me? You're taking your friends to your favorite stores, to your favorite shop. You're taking your friends somewhere. If you're not taking your friends to church, it's because you don't believe in the product. So as church leaders, we have the mindset, what's our product? You know what our goal is? Here's another goal. We, we started the year saying we're going to end every service at 9.45 p.m. We're not going to go to 10.30. We're already in a late service. We start at 8.30. Hello. We start late already. We're not going to go later. We know you got school in the morning. We know you got work in the morning. We know you got whatever in the morning. So we're just going to be available for you to come in and get a good service and be able to have a good night. Y'all here tonight? It's that type of thinking that grows the church. The method will always change. The message will stay the same. The method's always going to change. I got a sermon tonight called One True God. It's our second week of the Facts Sermon Series, right? We're saying facts for these next couple weeks. The stuff that doesn't change, the stuff that isn't watered down. Last week we said God is three in one, and we believe that. Can I get a good amen in here? It's not just God the Godhead. It's not just God the Father. It's God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And who he is in his entirety, we ended the night saying God is so good. He's, he's good to me because of just who he is. More than what he could do, who he is is a surface to my life. So we said last week, God is three in one. Tonight's truth. Tonight's infallible truth, indisputable. I love this sermon series because this is the real meat of what we believe, right? Like we don't debate, is God three? No, God is three in one. We believe in the Bible. We believe it's infallible. We believe it's, we believe it's perfect. And the Bible clearly states that. We went through that last week. Tonight, we're jumping into this truth that there is one true God. We believe we serve the one true God. Tonight's going to be fun. I want to pray real quick. God, we, we love you in this place. Look at every sinner. Look at every saint. 
We're all one family tonight. Under the, uh, under the blessing and the spirit of God, we've worshiped you. We've made room for you. We've tapped into you. We've even given our money. We've, we, we donated to you, God. We gave to you. We sacrificed. We've made it here tonight. God, speak in this room right here, right now. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. And everyone says, amen, amen. So this whole series, Facts, is about primary doctrine. Primary doctrine. Christian, believe these things to be true. There's no bending them. There's no watering down these beliefs. In 2050, new birth will not change all of our beliefs, right? It is only based off the Bible, and the Bible is not changing. You got to understand that a translation doesn't mean that the Bible got changed. A translation means that the Bible is not easily understood by a people group. So people groups will come together and under like the same process our history books go under, they will look at the real meaning and trying to find synonyms that can actually make sense. So if you're new in the Lord, here's a good translation for you. The message translation really makes the Bible very easy for you to understand. You don't understand all the deep Greek and, and, and Hebrew, right? All the deep thoughts and, and, and deep phrases, right? So in primary doctrine, uh, y'all li- like this series? I like this series. I don't know about y'all. I like it. Uh, primary doctrine is the stuff that we don't debate. We don't, like, it's not going to change later on. This stuff doesn't get watered down. These are the essentials of the Christian faith, right? We, we learned last week Mormons don't believe that God is three in one. They, they, a lot of other people don't believe that God is three in one. But clearly in Scripture we read and we exposed this truth. Tonight's truth, uh, it, it, it's, it's a big one. It's a big one. It's a big one that we serve one true God. It's really huge, and and I'm going to give you some stuff tonight that can make you feel good. I'm going to give you some stuff tonight that you can use to defend your faith to other people, and I'm going to give you some stuff tonight that I believe will change your life. You guys taking notes tonight? If you don't take notes, how do you expect to remember what I say? <laughs> Just realistically, unless you're like all over the podcast. Somebody say facts. There's only one true God. I want to read Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 to 6. Exodus is in the Old Testament. Towards the beginning, it's the second book of second book of the Bible, uh, Exodus chapter twenty, verses three to six. Uh, get taught tonight, tonight, and then you'll catch what's, what's going on. Uh, Exodus chapter twenty says, "You shall is a commandment from God to God's people at the time, and at this time you got to understand what God's people are going through. They're actually worshiping other things, stuff they made, stuff they're placing. Like they, they looked at a tree one day. Oh, that, that tree is so beautiful." We will worship that tree every Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Every Tuesday at 3 o'clock, meet me at this tree because God is so good. He gave us this tree. This tree must be so holy. We're actually going to worship it, right? They were worshiping so many random things. And in 2019, in America today, we have a lot of Christians worshiping a lot of other gods. They don't even know it. And God is saying, you should have no other gods before me. I want you to notice the lowercase g. In the Bible, when you see lowercase g's, those gods are not gods. When you see the uppercase G, that's the OG, OG. Y'all here tonight? This is the ratchet translation. You're only going to get it when I'm preaching. <laughs> you, shall, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other things that you worship, that you admire. Watch this. That you bow to. Just one. Verse 4, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything. In heaven, don't worship my angels. My angels are worshiping me. Don't worship the idea of heaven. You got to understand the light of heaven is my presence. Without me, there is no light in heaven. 
There's no sun in heaven. My presence radiates light in the city, in the streets of gold, in the mansions I have prepared for you. Do not gas up heaven. Heaven is nothing without me. Don't worship anything in heaven or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. Stop worshiping sharks. They're worshiping weird stuff, y'all. Verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your uppercase G, God, I am a jealous God. If you want to know what your God looks like, the moment you turn your eyes from him, he's like, there she go again. And I love her so much. And I'm everywhere all the time, right? God's not just in church. Did you know that? He's with you everywhere. He's in everything and he's everywhere. All things in the earth are in him. Y'all here tonight? That's why generosity should be so easy because we're giving back God what belongs to him. God is everywhere. He is in everything and he says, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm that jealous boyfriend. Yeah, that's me. I, call me crazy. But you drive me crazy when you worship things that can't rescue you like I could. Drive me crazy when you bow into things that won't bless you like I could. You're going to all these other wells for water, and they will leave you more thirsty. One sip of me, baby. You won't go thirsty again. I'm the Lord your God. I'm jealous. And this is the part of God that we need to mature in. Punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Those who hate God get punished. But this is when the story gets good. But showing love to thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Why is God demanding this from them? Why is God demanding this? Stop bowing to stuff. Stop worshiping stuff. These lowercase g's. All these things. Listen, tonight you might even be worshiping yourself more than you do God. Look at, looking in the mirror. Looking on the phone. Looking in the mirror. Looking on your phone. Looking in the mirror. Looking on your phone. Look to God. To know the best person you could be is, is the guy who made you. And I want you to see these gods. Don't think of them like Greek mythology. Man, your stomach could be your God. You just do whatever you want. You eat too much. You just eat too much. Some of you, money is your God. Money is your God. You just, I love Jesus, but I really serve money. I love Jesus, but I really glorify numbers. No, 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 no. And tonight, the Holy Spirit, watch, this is why he's so good. Because I preach, and God does the, all the rest of the stuff, right? I don't save people. He saves people. I'm a vessel. I'm a vessel. So God's going to show you some things that you've been bowing down to. He probably is already putting it in your head. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place right now. He's doing it. He's showing you what you need to stop bowing down to. It might be a person. Y'all here tonight? The first idea, false gods will always cause you to bow. He's my favorite Migos member. Uh, 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 fake gods will always cause you to bow. False gods will always lead you to bow. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. let's clear this up. So you're telling me that God says don't bow to nothing, just bow to me. And now preacher is saying all these false things are already causing me to bow. Here's my next idea. Everybody is bowing to something. bound to something. Atheists, oh, I don't believe in God. You have faith. You just don't know it. To believe that God isn't real, you got big faith. To believe you can look at the world and think that none of this was intentional, 
Like, I remember being in science class, like, wait, the earth is 93 million what miles away? What? And any inch north, we freeze up. Any inch, uh, sorry, closer to the sun, we burn up. Any inch further, we freeze up. We're tilted on an axis just to get the right what? That's intentional. Somebody took the earth and said, no. Nah, I like it like that. You got faith, man. To believe that you came in this world with no say. No, what, what say did you have in your birth? None. And now you're trying to tell me that when you die, you're going to be gone forever? A little bit when I'm preaching at a conference, you guys get a sneak peek. I'm preaching on this fact that we're all immortal. All of us. You are immortal. You wonder why you, you want things all the time. You always want you. God made you with a hole that only he can fill. You are immortal. You're not dying. You will die, and then you have an eternity somewhere. People with people that are atheists, they got so much faith. Everyone's bound to something. Everyone's bound. You're bound to video games. You're bound to movies. You're bound to money. You're bound to girls. You're bound to your image. You're bound to, to finances. You're bound to jewelry. Somebody's bound to something. Are you bound to Jesus? I've got friends I grew up in church with. Honestly, they live double lives. One thing in church, one thing outside of church. And I'm not going to lie, I struggled with that as well. Early on in my Christian walk. Mainly because I was told to be a Christian. I was told to be a preacher's boy. If you don't know me, my parents are Christians. Grew up in the church. Basically was born on the altar. And that's a, that's a struggle, honestly, because the God of your parents has to become your God eventually. And that transition isn't always smooth. But I remember my friends. Walking to church, mask on. Leaving, mask off. Walking to church, mask on. Leaving, mask off. And, and I tell you, they try to worship their way through it. None of them serve the Lord. They try to worship, the, worship God through it. <laughs> they try to give their way in. Oh, my God, I'm falling away from God. I know I just got to give a G. I got to give $1,000. Bam. Hey, if the Lord's leading you to give $1,000, you listen to the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Testimony. I gave it the first time I gave a thousand dollars to God. I said, God, I'm just gonna raise money, and I didn't even need to raise any money. I, once I said yes to God, He gave me a scholarship. I got like three thousand back, and I was like, God, you're so good. I made a crazy prayer, and you filled the blank. I'm gonna give back with you. Once I gave the G, I, I met Diana like a, like a month later. Come on, somebody. God is so good. The Lord's leading you to give a G. You give a G. You know what I'm saying? You give a G. Anyways. I never seen a G in my life. Honestly, I was like, God, I want to raise a G and give it. I never even seen it. And God just gave it to me. Easy. God is so good. My friends would try to give their way back to God, worship their way back to God, serve their way back to God, when the entire time they were bowing to other things. And I was like, this, this don't work like that. Question for you tonight. What do you bow to that you must release? What are you bowing to that you must release? Strip the floor from the things you're bowing to if it's not Jesus. Strip it. Strip it. Here's the leadership input if you're a leader in the house. You're, you're all leaders. What makes you a leader is your ability to jump and be obedient to the call of God in your life. Leadership input. You become what you bow to. Want to be more like Jesus? Stop bowing more to Jesus. Want to be more like Lil Uzi? Stop. Well, keep bowing, to, keep bowing a little Uzi. You'll end up just like him. 
You keep bowing to your friends, now you look like your friends. You keep bowing to the culture, now you're, you're, you're a, a mini-me of culture. Trying to bow to God as much as you can to think that that's going to work. You need one God to bow to. One God. Next idea, you look like what you worship. You look like what you worship, if you didn't know that. That's why, man, we can't take worship lightly. We only do two songs on Tuesdays, if you haven't noticed. We only do two. Come on, two good ones and we're done. Come on, somebody. 9.45. And we're going to give God the best out of those two songs. You feel me? God, you got to get this worship. I want to be like you. I want you to rub off on me. God, I need to refill. I need to recharge. I want to be Jesus in the world around me. I need to know what he looks like. You spend time in the throne room of God, bowing to him, getting close to God. Verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. God is saying, I want all of your attention, I want all of your affection. That stuff is good. Let's get to the apologetics. Apologetics is basically how do you defend your faith to people who don't know Jesus or people who believe differently. Um, here's a good question they may ask you. What do you mean your God is the one true God? Here's the question. How do we know that Christianity is right? And this is why I love stuff like this, because I got the answers, you know what I'm saying? Because the Bible got the answers, you know what I'm saying? I love this stuff. Well, what do you mean Christianity's right? How do we know Christianity's right? Number one, if everyone is right, then no one is right. You understand the question, so understand the answer. How do we know that Christianity is right and everyone else is wrong? How can you be so arrogant? How can you be so sure? You are, oh, I hate Christians. You ever had that conversation before? And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, me, let me cut you off, mama. Because I do not believe that all roads lead to heaven. One road leads to heaven. If all roads leads to heaven, we're all wrong. Because two plus two is four. And if you said six, and if you said seven, if you said 2.2, and if you said 1.3 million, there's a lot of answers. One person's right. And if we're all right, we're all wrong. Somebody's got to be right. Does that just logically make sense to all of you? Someone's have to be right. Second reason why Christianity is right, because Christianity is the only religion. We say religion because this is a relationship. Christianity is the only religion that fully accepts and receives the Son of God. All others work to heaven, but Christians accept the movement of God from heaven to earth. Every other religion will give you steps to be holy, steps to be righteous, steps to one day make heaven. If you don't, sorry. Steps, steps, steps. You're going to reincarnate ten times, and then after that, you're going to be who, you, who God called you to be. You're going to die and then live again and be holier and holier and holier and holier. And when you die, no, 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 no. That's wrong. That's wrong. That is so wrong. We do not focus on our movement to heaven because if we're sick, how can we heal ourselves? How can a crippled man just stand up and uncripple himself? How can he do that? He can't do that. We're sick. We're sinful. We're dirty. You don't have to teach a little kid how to lie. They're three, and they're like, did you eat that chocolate bar? No. Chocolate over their face. Who taught you how to be bad? No one taught you how to be bad. We're all bad. We all got sin in our lives. We all got some struggles we've been through. We need a Savior. We need someone who's perfect. And Jesus came. He did not sin. He came as us. He embodied sin. And he died for us so that there is a way to the Father. 
All other religions talk about how you can make it to God, how you can pay your way to God, how you can serve your way to God. When Christianity says we believe who Jesus says he is. You guys here tonight? Number three, the Bible is perfect and Jesus is the fulfillment of the Bible. Why do you believe that Christianity is right? Well, first of all, we believe in the Bible. The Bible's perfect. The Bible's infallible. The Bible is not good ideas put together. No, this is man writing, God, Holy Spirit inspired. Brought to us today. If you have an iPhone, you have the podcast app. I'm going to encourage you. Search up The Bible is Legit, New Birth, Youth, and Young Adults. Search it up. It's a series we did. We just killed it. It's called The Bible's Legit. If you don't really believe in that truth, you're like, that's not a real reason. Yes, it is. You guys here with me? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant Jesus, who I'm chosen. Right? So he says, here's my servant Jesus, whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I, God, your Father, that's me. I'm he. He's me. I'm he. Right? Before me, no God was formed. So it's me and no one else before me. And he goes, nor there will be one after me. It's just one God, and guess what? There's a devil. There's a Satan. His name is Lucifer. He was once an angel, but he was casted out because of pride in him, and now he's trying to bring everybody down with him. Hell was not created for humans. God doesn't send people to hell. People choose their own will, choose their own way, and in eternity, if you're not with God, you're only in one other place, and your life will leave you there. God is saying, there's no one before me, there's no one after me. Isaiah 44, 88, do not tremble, do not be afraid. Have I not long since announced it to you and declared it, and you are my witnesses? Is there any God besides me, or is there any other rock I know of? Is there any other rock? Let me know. Send me his Instagram, I'll follow him. Let me know who you're calling God. Let me know who you're bowing down. Because it's just me, baby. It's just me. I'm the rock. Does your faith feel like it's unstable? It's probably not on Jesus. It's probably not on the one true God. Because when your faith is in God, your faith is on a rock. Your faith is on a foundation. A rock is not easily broken. The book of Isaiah references Jesus. The book of Isaiah is, a new, is an Old Testament book. Jesus shows up in the New Testament, and a lot of Jesus' life is quoting the book of Isaiah. Matthew chapter 7, New Testament, verses 24 to 27. This is Jesus. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the what? So Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years earlier before Jesus, God speaks to a man named Isaiah. He's a prophet. And in the book of Isaiah, God tells Isaiah, I want you to write to these people. Tell them that I am the rock. Jesus shows up hundreds and hundreds of years later in the book of Matthew in 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 the midst of all these people. And he says, have you heard these words of mine? Whoever does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 25, he paints a picture. Jesus told stories. If he was alive today, he'll be a movie artist. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew. Carla, your example today was so by the Holy Spirit. 
You feel like you're in the middle. You feel like you're stuck. You feel like your house is being shaken. You feel like wind's coming from every which way direction. You ever experienced sideways, sideways rain? It's of the devil. It's like, why are you sideways? What's coming at me so sideways? The rain fell. That was just a ratchet moment. Winds blew, beat on the house. But watch this, the house did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall. You see Jesus saying, listen, I am the only way to heaven. No one goes to the Father except through me. My last three points. You with me, Eli? Go to my last three points. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. You know what that proves? That proves that people are trying and failing. Jesus says, no one goes to the Father except through me. I'm the only real way. Wide and great is the road to hell and destruction. Small and narrow is the road that leads to life, and few will find it. Jesus says, no one goes to the Father except through me, meaning people are trying to get to the Father, but they're failing. They're in the wrong direction. There's one way, and his name is Jesus. Next idea, the world wants to create new ways and say yes to all ways when Jesus is the only way to heaven. You know, when you were growing up in school, they split the entire human history by Jesus, B.C., A.D. They're trying to change that now, but I still say B.C. But there's a man that the world could recognize as the son of the living God. It's Jesus Christ. His tomb is empty. You know what I'm saying? My dad was just, he's flying back to Israel tomorrow, flying back from Israel. He, went, he was in the room, the upper room, where the Holy Spirit fell for the first time. And, and it says in the book of Acts, and, and a wind blew. He was in that same room. Two guys, skeptics who didn't believe, who actually practiced witchcraft. They're in the same room where the spirit fell. They began to tremble being in that room. All the pastors, my dad's days, like, uh-oh, we about to get this one. They start praying in tongues. And out of nowhere, those two dudes who worship the devil and practice witchcraft got saved in the middle of the upper room on a Thursday night. Come on, somebody. There's one way to heaven, and his name is Jesus. He's the only way. He's the rock in my foundation. He is the steak to my meal. Come on, somebody. He's the peanut butter to my jelly. He's everything to me. I love, I love what Chris Hodges said. Chris Hodges, Church of the Highlands. He said, it's more about relationship than religion. It's more about relationship than religion. And you see, the God of the universe, like Erwin McManus says, the God of the universe who built lilies and cauliflower. What is he saying? He's trying to show you our God is so meticulous. I mean, he, he made oceans and mountains he also made dandelions and sunflowers. God of the universe. Guys, stay with me. Stay with me. The God of the universe, he wants your attention. He says, I'm jealous. And at the end of the day, it's only me. I sent my son Jesus, who some of you denied. But I believe if, if you just confess that Jesus is Lord.